What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies, and we are talking about John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. It's rare that a third movie of a trilogy is better than the previous ones. Did that happen with John Wick, Chapter 3? Um, it certainly did better at the box office. It was the highest grossing movie of the three so far. Uh, by considerably a lot 327 million dollars at the box office really you know uh favorable reviews and rob and i were extremely complimentary of the first two movies giving both of those a five on the popcorn time rating scale uh did this do it because we're certainly not used to seeing that the third movie um you know continuing the trend of being the best the the most recent one that we talked about was the Jason Bourne series, where if you take out the uh, the Bourne Legacy movie and just take the the Jason Bourne ones of the trilogy, there's not a lot that happens. So, Rob, we'll get into all that, but yeah, John Wick. Um, it took what the first movie came out in two thousand and four. Was it fourteen? The first movie came out for John Wick. That sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, 2014. Um, it took you all of this time to never see any of them, but now you're, <laughs> but now in the span of two weeks, you're caught up. I'm completely caught up. Uh, again, I'm so like kind of disappointed at myself that I, I waited to watch these. And if if you're listening right now and you either haven't seen it and have just been following along or any of these films, or uh, you haven't seen it in a while, they're literally on Tubi. <laughs> Whatever device you are listening to this episode on, you can download Tubi as an app and watch these movies for free. You should do that because they're just, they're good. They're all so much fun um, and, and do some really unique things within the action movie genre. Yeah, uh, it's we talked about that, how I was, we were really surprised when we looked this up, like, oh, you can either rent it or Tubi. Because the funny thing is, is we joked a lot of times how, being on Tubi is not the best indication for the quality of movie that you are. And then you have these three movies sitting on there and it's like, Oh, um, might need to rethink that strategy. But, you know, we mentioned the Bourne series and similar to the Bourne series, you know, these three movies, they really are like a consecutive effort with how the movies flow there. There's not a lot of time that passes in between them. Um, rightfully so from the second to the third one this literally picks up the same scene as the second movie you know ends with the um excommunicado being placed on john wick so you know rob were you expecting that or did you expect maybe a little time to go by like what were your thoughts on the opening of this film i liked that um it just picks right up um because it feels like a whole lot of stuff is about to go down uh, at the end of the second. And it really builds to a great crescendo and a great ending. Um, and I, I kind of like that. It just picks right up, especially if you're a fan of this series, it's, it's a natural progression. It's not like, okay, you know, John probably kicked a couple of guys asses and, and found a, a, you know, a safe house or something like that, or, or a stash that he had somewhere in case he ever needed it and was in some real trouble you know, and just kind of hid there for a while. No, it just picks right up. And instead of just all of the action happening off screen, you just see him 
you know, just completely murking people with a library book. I mean, he, <laughs> he beats somebody up with a library book and it's fantastic. And there's, you know, we've continued to praise this movie for its creativity, particularly in its action scenes, but he uses a library book to break the guy's jaw. There's some other things in that opening scene that I really love. You know, he's, he's fighting a much, much larger opponent and there's some really cool small joint manipulation stuff that he does. That is, is a way to make it believable that even, you know, a total badass like John wick is still going to run into something where he's, you know, he's outmatched and, and how does he get through that? How does he do that? Um, I, I really like the, the, answers that the fight choreographer came up with to how he gets out of that situation and makes it work and makes it believable. Love it. Yeah. That's, you know, we mentioned that again, you know, some of this stuff is, I don't want to use the word repetitive, but you know, there, there's a lot of the things that carry from movie to movie that we praise. Um, and one of them is, you know, the believability that John is able to do these things like how he's able to fight multiple people, how he's able to fight somebody bigger than him. You know, the way that these fights are filmed, number one is still incredibly well done. The The fights in this movie, you know, you sit there and think about from one to three now. And again, I kind of find myself in awe of, okay, how do you figure, like, how do you keep coming up with more and more creative ways to make these fights interesting? And they continue to do it. And one of the people, and we don't have to completely get into this because um, there's so much that happens before. One of the new faces of this movie um, and of this series is Halle Berry. And they introduce some really cool stuff with the fights that she's involved in. And I was incredibly impressed because you sit there and think of Halle Berry and like, you know, Obviously, everybody's seen her with Catwoman. She's in the she's in this movie Moonfall, which is an absolute train wreck. Um, it's a movie that I gave like a half star to um, on my letterbox account. And she's terrible in it. But then you see her in this. And Rob, we can like I said, we can get into it more in detail as she comes into the picture. But I was incredibly impressed with her. I, I thought she was like you forget sometimes based on some of the things that you've seen with her. I sometimes forget, like, with the right script, she's incredibly talented. Yeah, I didn't even recognize her right away uh, for some reason. And I don't know why it didn't occur to me right away who that was. Um, But and maybe it's just because I've seen other than X-Men, there's been so many movies she's been in that have been so bad. Um, I think that might have been part of it. Uh, But yeah, there's definitely a lot to talk about. Um, with the action scenes that she's involved in. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'll give credit to her because there's the the training videos for this movie, just like the first ones. They they show her training her ass off to to do some of these scenes. So, and just really impressed with what they do. But you know, yeah, this movie starts off just right off the bat, and I love this little line where, um, Winston. And uh, shoot, I am forgetting his name. The concierge of the Continental. Um, uh, Charon or Charon or Charon. I'm not positive how it's pronounced because I'm not sure he's ever actually addressed by his no. name. Um, I, I love how he's like, I do hope Mr. Wick, you know, can be safe or something like that. And he's like, well, 
you know, 14 million Winston's like 14 million dollar bounty. Every contract killer in this area wants a piece of them. I'd say it's about 50-50. Like I just again, like just <laughs> it's a great just line. the notion that he thinks it's a fair fight that every contract killer in the city wants to go after John now for 14 million. He's like, yeah, well, finally, maybe somebody might kill him. Like it's a coin toss, whether or not John makes it, which you should be like, no, John's dead. Like, <laughs> like, you know, this guy's dead. But the fact that they continue just to, to show how much of a badass John wick is, it still just makes me laugh. And boy, like you said, the, the fights in this movie, I, I just don't understand. Like, he kills people while on a horse. He kills people with a book. He, like, it's just, it's unbelievable, the action in this movie. So one of the things that really stood out to me from this this film, and it's very true of the previous two as well, the storytelling that continues throughout the fight scenes. It, this is not a movie that tells the story, stops, has a fight scene, has an action scene, and then goes back to telling the story. The, the storytelling continues and, and there's, there's a couple moments where there's weapons at play or just pieces of the environment that'll give the combatants an advantage over one another. And and that's still told, like you can still clearly see the actors are still communicating what their characters are, are hoping to, to do. And, and there's, you can still see that struggle with the cinematography and the way everything's set up. It's really, really well done. Um, there's some problems I have with some things towards the end with some of the action scenes, but overall just at this film and this series um, really does a fantastic job with, with the action scenes really advancing and continuing to build things about the character, continue to tell you things about the character without having to do it through exposition um, or just, you know, okay, it's, it's, you know, it's been 20 minutes guys. Something's got to blow up or somebody has got to get punched in the face. You know, it's, it's natural. It feels like everything fits. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely does. And I do think in this movie too, similar to something that we talked about, you know, in the second movie, it goes deeper down the rabbit hole of what, like how this world actually works. And there's so many ins and outs. Um, most of it. I like if there's one thing about this movie that I will say, I did feel like going the scene where he goes to the desert. It, it felt almost unnecessary the way that this movie ends. It it felt like that almost was a padded scene for runtime, which I never felt in the first or second movie. So, uh, Rob, I'm going to ask you about that. Just, you know, based on where this movie ends up, to me, that scene did not make a lot of sense. Even when I've watched it again, I still feel like that was kind of unnecessary. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things you could have done to and I don't know if the plan was always to make that elder character, you know, maybe he factors into a fourth film deeper and maybe that's to set something up later. But I, I don't know, to make him just kind of wander through the desert and then eventually someone will come find you. I, I don't know that that seemed a little it seemed a little mystical for this world right. when so many other things are, are grounded in reality. Um, so I, I kind of rejected that a little bit. 
Um, I could have done without him chiseling his finger off. Like, you know, it's, it's an obvious like Assassin's Creed sort of call out. Um, and they even have like earlier, you know, they're talking about where the word assassin comes from, you know, the, the different orders and things like that. And that's even explored in some of the early Assassin's Creed games. Um, so that to me felt a little like, ah, I don't really need that. There's a lot of that you could have cut out. Uh, I think in, out of the screenplay or, or reworked to have it be a little more effective than what it was. Yeah, I I, I think so too, because uh, again, you know, the way that it goes down is like, he does that to try and get out of this by kill, you know, and the, the exchange is okay. We will forgive your transgressions. You need to kill Winston, which doesn't happen. It, it did feel like you could have done something else to get to that point. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, that was just weird. Cause I, I never felt like the movies in one and two ever kind of veered off the path where I was like, yes, this is just all natural progression. Um, you know, I will say that was one thing that was kind of glaring to me just because I wasn't used to it with this series, uh, in no way, shape or form, you know, does that make this a bad movie to me? It was just to me a little odd because for two whole movies i was not used to seeing something like this in a world that seems so unbelievable yet the way they present it is completely believable yeah i think that's a really great way of putting it um it, it just felt a little out of place right yeah and now like i said maybe Maybe it's a setup for the fourth movie, but like we've talked about so many times on so many other episodes that involve either a, a sequel or, or a planned sequel that either does or doesn't materialize, focus on making a good movie right. first. Do that. And then if you want a sequel, if the fans support your film enough to deserve a sequel, then go ahead and do that. If you want to plant breadcrumbs, fine. But make everything in your film make sense within the confines of your film that I'm sitting here watching. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, again, uh, a good way to put that. But, you know, we're going to we're going to backtrack because as as John is is going through and, and trying to figure out how he's going to survive, you know, you get introduced to, um, you know, the the training program, which I thought was really cool. It was very. Um, and with COVID and everything like that, you know, which came actually first. Um, did you get a real Black Widow vibe from that ballerina sequence? Very much so. Um, it, it definitely called some of those things out for me. Um, I just think it shows you that in the West, we just don't really trust a lot of things. Right. Russians. We just assume they're all assassins and killers and there's something going on there. Like it just, you know, it's just, that's kind of one of our go-to boogeymen is something Russian, even though the cold war is over. I mean, is it really, you know, it kind of seems like things are kicking back off again. I don't know. Um, yeah, there was, there was definitely some, some things to that. Um, I did love that. Uh, we, we see the, the room where they're training and, um, we see a bunch of guys doing it. It's a, it's a, it's a combat style uh, known as combat Sambo. And, um, that make, it made so much sense. I was like, Oh, no kidding. Yes. Obviously that's, that's what his, his background is. There's been so much judo based attacks and, and joint locks and things like that. And, and everything that he does and everything's tight. Um, combat Sambo's it's kind of, 
like mixed martial arts, but with more of a judo feel to it, I guess is how I would describe it for, for people who aren't really familiar with it. It's, it's very, uh, it's very Russian based, you know, they, they love this stuff over there. Um, there's a lot of guys that, um, start in combat Sambo and end up competing in mixed martial arts, you know, in, in different promotions around the world. It's, it's a great base to come from, um, you know, they do wear a lot of the geese and things like that. So, um, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, that absolutely makes sense. That's completely the style of fighting they've been using with him, uh, you know, as a primary base for his attack methods, uh, throughout most of the movie. So I just love seeing Yeah. That. Again, I, I just, I love the the realism of how they're like, again, like how these people are trained and why they're able to do the things that they're able to do. I I like the fact that it comes from a very, very real place. You know, it's not just, you know, a lot of the times, you know, Oh no, everybody knows karate or everybody can throw a roundhouse kick or, you know, with like these cheesy movies, like actually showing like what they have to go through and everything like that. I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And, you know, that brings us to, as all of that's going on, that brings us to where John meets Sophia, who's played by Halle Berry. Um, and man, just, you know, I don't know what this series has. Um, cause I, I can't stand that scene, but, um, she is very fond. Her character, Sophia, is is very fond of her dogs. Um, I don't know what this movie has against dogs, but, um, yeah. you know, or this series in general. Um, but, man, the way that she uses those dogs in conjunction when they're fighting, I love that scene. Up until the point where one of them gets shot, because um, I just hate seeing it. I hate seeing that. Um, but, right. man, like, the dog's just attacking, and, like, they... Bite one guy in the balls, boom, dead, headshot. Like, the way that the dogs were incorporated into that fight scene, and again, I was just so impressed because you could tell that that was her doing the work. And and we've praised that before with this movie, is the actual star being on screen, keeping you in the moment of what's happening. And with her... It was the same thing. And watching John fight with somebody, you know, it's not like they were in conjunction the whole time because they were both taking out different people. But seeing him fight with another person, you know, aiding him was so cool. Like, I I, I can't praise that scene enough because um, it was so creative, I thought. Yeah, it's, um, you know, we've talked about some of the gun food that we've seen throughout this series. And and if you like gun food, go watch Equilibrium. That's a fantastic movie. I can't praise that movie highly enough either for its creativity and action scenes. But, um, you know, thinking about how uh, Sophia uses her dogs, it's almost like she's got, you know, uh, dog foo <laughs> is really kind of what she's got because they respond and it's almost like this is rehearsed like like she's performing dog kata you know where they attack she shoots and what was really what really stood out to me about that particular sequence you know it's really tough sometimes in movies to make women combatants feel powerful it's hard to make them feel like they are like it's it's realistic that they would be beating all of these men. And and obviously when you add guns, like that's a complete equalizer because that doesn't require any, you know, strength or size advantages, but there's plenty of like nitty gritty stuff. 
and a lot of like Marvel's really awful about this where they use um, that same like leg wrap around the neck mm-hmm. whip move that Black Widow does 75 times in every movie. Like, and now a bunch of other movies are stealing that. And it's the only way that they can make a woman actually take a bigger, stronger man down. And I wish they would come up with something else besides that same thing we've seen a million times. But I felt this whole time that Sophia was, was powerful enough and smart enough and good enough with her technique that everything felt believable. It didn't feel like they ever had to cheat um, or use movie yes. tricks to make a, a woman, a smaller, I mean, Halle Berry is not a very large woman at all. Mm-hmm. She's very petite and they made her feel powerful. They made her feel like, you know, it was totally conceivable that this yeah, was happening. No. And that's, uh, again, that is what I, I, I just mentioned this. That is one of those things that I just continually praise about all three of these movies is the situation being believable so that every single time something happens, all you're focusing on is the creativity. You're not sitting there stopping and going, well, that would never happen. Like if you like as we're talking about this movie and we're looking back, we're not sitting there going, well, yeah, I mean, the scene's cool, but like when you stop and break it down, it's just it's so unbelievable that this would happen that, eh, you know, yeah, it. there's only so much eye candy can do, so to speak. No, like they just continually find ways to make you believe that the action is obtainable, so to speak. And I, I think that's why these movies, you know, we, we talked about it, not only the story, but these action movies aren't just what people typically refer to as action movies because you are you're so impressed with the realism that's happening here at least for me that's part of the reason why i think i'm so like enamored with these yeah there's there's some stuff that does fall off a little bit towards the end of this but up to this point of the series everything feels grounded everything feels realistic um you know there's there's not an over-reliance on green screen or CG effects to this point. Um, so you, you really feel like it's just possible. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and one thing too, that happens in this movie is I like, again, that even as people are coming after him and the assassin that they hire called zero, um, I, I just, for whatever reason, really like the fact that they still find ways to have people that even though they're going after him you know show john respect i think that's another thing that this movie does really well um without ever feeling like forced or i don't know what other word i want to use to describe it but it just feels natural that you know these people going after him still have a respect for him. We saw that in the last movie and, you know, I, we saw it in this movie. And again, I just, I appreciate the fact that it feels believable. Yeah. There's a moment where he's back at the concierge later in the film where uh, zero kind of fanboys out a little bit. It's, it's kind of funny. And there's some, there's uncomfortableness at the start of that scene where zero sits right. literally right <laughs> next to him. Um, and I, and I think that's great, but the immediately after that, we get a line that I never need to hear in a movie ever, ever, ever again, ever, ever, ever. Just in the same way that I never need to see Thomas and Martha Wayne and Martha's pearls falling off of her 
uh, neck that I never need to see that in a movie ever again. I never need to hear the line, we're the same, you and I. I never need to hear it. I'm done hearing it. I, it's stupid. It's among the worst tropes in, in screenwriting because it's immediately followed with no, we're not. And, and then there's a conversation around it. And then later in the movie, it's somebody proves that I'm nothing like you. Like I, I hate it. I hate it. And it pissed me off <laughs> because I was enjoying the movie up to that yeah, point. That and, you know, because it's always, uh, you know, it's all always followed by like, I'm nothing like you and everything like that. Like, yeah, every time yep. you see that in a movie, it's just kind of like, why do we continue to use that? Um, so, yeah, exactly. no, I, I, I totally agree with that. So I, I'm going to skip the desert scene just because, again, I feel like it's completely unnecessary. But you know, is there anything that you want to talk about with that? Um before like I kind of bring up the next point that I that I wanted to talk about because I I know I don't have anything else to say about it but certainly you know I'm not the only voice uh no no I I think there's so much uh fun there and and really cool world building um yeah I'm uh I'm ready All to right. move on um y- you know the as this movie goes along, you know, John severs his finger, uh, returns to New York. And this is where, you know, you get your full blown final, you know, action scene. Um, he's going to team up with Winston because he's refusing to kill him. Um, boy, th- I, I mean, again, the, the, finding a way to like top yourself, it, these guys and, you know, the, basically the the army god's sakes that comes in the continental to try and kill john um boy th- this is another one where just the guns and everything in between i feel like this part of it is still really good before we get to kind of the ending where i don't know if that's the exact part you're talking about where i think a little bit falls off Boy, him going and getting the guns and like coming back. I I thought this part was just so well done. I I was such a huge fan of this part. I liked the the gearing up phase, you know, or my or my privileges restored. I thought that bit was kind of cool. You know, they're still kind of they're they're still sticking to the pleasantries of uh, of their uh, profession, I suppose. I I just I like that about this. but yeah, the gearing up is good, you know, mentioning, hey, they've got some armor and things like that. I will say the lobby fight I don't find is as well done as other gunfights that we've seen. I think there's a little bit of a stretch of credulity that he'd actually make it out of all of that alive. I'm not saying it's bad per se. We've mm-hmm. seen far worse. But when the standard of this series is set as high as it is, this scene to me doesn't hold up to the standard the same way. There's, there's just some, some little things here and there where guys do kind of start to wait to get shot a little bit. You know, they stay down just long enough for John to dispatch somebody else before they start to get up. And and now it's their turn to get hit in the back of the neck. Now that being said, I do want to really call something out that I think was incredibly well done. And I don't know that everybody watching this would necessarily catch it every time there as, as they're going through, certainly there's times where the guys take, you know, you know, the, the, the invading army gets shot or whatever. 
and they, they stagger back, but they don't fall over. If you notice the precision that the concierge and John go with the places where they're aiming, there's a lot of times they're aiming for obvious weak points in armor because any anytime there's points of articulation, it's hard to armor those areas. So you notice there's lots of times they're aiming for obvious weak points like knees, front and back of a neck, under the arms, things like that, where or you know they're flipping the visors up and trying to get inside the helmets and things like that. If you haven't seen this movie in a while, go back and rewatch this scene just for that point and look at the attention to detail of the choreography of making those guys aim for those areas specifically, or, you know, they'll aim for a knee and that's a setup for something else. I picked that up and I thought, wow, that is a really, really yeah, cool no, detail. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, and I, I will say, I agree that, you know, this is one, you know, this is one of the scenes where more so than any other scene, all three movies where it was kind of like, I don't know if John would have made it out of this. Um, you know, so I agree yeah. with that, but yeah, no, I, I love the precision and the attention to detail of again, cause it's not like in the second one where he shoots them in the knee so that he can take them down so that he's at their, like they're at his level. Like they're doing that so that they can open up a weak point. Like if he shoots him in the knee, that will get them down so that then that way he has a better angle to shoot them in the back like, or, you know, things like that. Yeah. The, the shot to the knee is the jab that sets up the right cross is really what. Yeah. What so it is. I thought that was, and again, like if you watch the behind the scenes stuff for this, you will see that there was so much detail put into where you know where they would shoot things like that um i thought that was really well done um but it is it is a scene and again out of three movies i i give it more of a pass because it, it still does not yeah you know take away from what has come before it or what kind of comes after it um it, it is the only time where i was kind of like all right this feels like he probably couldn't have made it out. Um, you know, more so, which is funny because you would think like after all of that, I, I kind of would have felt that when he ends up fighting the two um, assassins in that glass room, that that would be where he's just too tired to actually do anything. But I felt like, okay, yeah, no, like I was right back to, yeah, I, I would see John overtaking these two guys. Yeah, and in that scene, there's a really great shot that is is basically all done in one shot where these guys are kicking him into these glass shelves and he's just getting thwomped around. And the timing has to be perfect because if you're off, it'll show. And and there, it's really, really well executed. I, I've always been a fan of, of action sequences that do things in one shot because it's so, so hard to do. You have to be so precise with everything. Um, to make sure that nothing gets missed for the camera. There is a little bit of those guys throughout this scene, though. Just them kind of waiting to jump on him. You know, he kind of dispatches them, mm -hmm. and they're off camera. So it's not as obvious. But in the back of my mind, I'm going, where's that other guy? You know, it's not as bad as, like, say, the throne room scene <laughs> from The Last Jedi, which is the worst I've ever seen as far as just, you know, NPCs just waiting to get their asses kicked. It's not that level of bad, 
but it is a we, little distracting. We just watched and, that back a couple of days ago, and yeah, the more um, the more you see that scene, I will admit there's still things that I will 100. I still will defend the Last Jedi, but that scene, the the more you watch it, the more apparent it is that there are just and it and it's not even you have to guess it's just on camera that those guys are yep they don't even hide it there like it's not it's not like this where it's like well it's off camera so like in your mind you're like well wait a minute wouldn't he be back already trying to attack him like no those guys are standing there like but it's almost like in their head they're kind of like five four three okay i gotta swing (laughs) like it's so apparent it's unbelievable there's some really cool stuff that's done though with the wakazashis against some of the glass you know where where it's um it's really really creative and incredibly well done I got to say there's, you know, there's a bit of them kind of waiting to jump on him though. And there's also times where it feels like John gets punched and then instead of covering up and defending, he just kind of waits to get Mm -hmm. punched again. There's a a little bit in there that is kind of distracting. And I got to say, there's, there's some other things that are distracting. So there's moving further to when he's fighting zero both when he's fighting his, his pupils. And then when he goes to zero, there's some things in this, in this knife and sword bit that, that I do find a bit distracting. And, and when these, I mean, these guys are killers, mm-hmm. they're cold blooded killers. They don't feel anything for killing people. This is just their job. They're punching a time clock. This is just their profession. Right. And they don't feel anything about it. And when they don't take obvious kill shots and, in, and choose to taunt John instead, like when, when the two, you know, pupils kind of fanboy out a little bit and they help him up, like this guy's trying to kill you. He is trying to end your life. Like, what are you doing? Like that to me, wasn't a cool moment. Cause you're not on the concierge. Mm-hmm. Like you're not in the concierge. Like th- there's no rules here. So that, I think was a little distracting and there's moments where zero chooses just to kind of mess with them instead of take, like nobody's watching this. It's not like you're scoring points with an audience, but like, Oh wow, that was so cool. Like you can tell whatever story later you want to tell. There's no reason to do that. And it ends up costing him his life as a result. Um, so it just, it came across as weird to me. I don't yeah, know. Did no, you feel the same I, way? I, I certainly did. Um, Cause there's a, a couple of moments when, you know, you made mention of he, he gets punched and it's kind of like he waits to get punched again. I could kind of chalk that up to, I mean, this guy has been going for how long he's been beat. Right. Like <laughs> he's much been beat up. so maybe in those moments, it, his reaction time is slower. Like I can chalk that up to, I, I mean, this guy has been shot at. He's been kicked punched hit with a car everything in between so okay maybe you're gonna take a couple of punches just because whatever's happening but yeah you know i i did notice and i i did sit there and and point that out to myself and go yeah what are you doing like you you already know this guy's gone through probably a hundred bodies in this time frame if you have an opportunity to kill him, you just have to do it now. Like, who cares? Like, you know, they're not going to go, yeah. oh, well, you didn't get a headshot, so we're not giving you the $14 million. No, it's like, thank God John Wick is dead, so here's your money. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, I, I totally yeah. agree with that statement that, yeah, it's like, sure, you might be a fan, so to speak, and 
you know, you might want to gush over this guy a little bit, but you you had your moment to do that. You did that. Now you realize that he's either trying to kill you or you are trying to kill him. So you should not waste an opportunity to do that. Like I said, it's it's not like it, it's nothing that makes this movie completely fall apart and just go, right. nope, get it out of here. I'm done. I hate this movie. I hate this series. It just came across to me. I guess my reaction really mm-hmm. was surprise because through two and three quarters of a movie in this series, we had, that hadn't been the case really. Yeah, no. And I think that's why it stands out, you know, so much more is because that what you're talking about is where this kind of turns into the action movies that we talked about that John wick one and two was not. So, yeah, even a little bit before that, you know, we, we get this bridge fight on motorcycles, you know, as he's on his way there and it's obviously yeah, yeah. green screen and it's not as cool. I think is what they want us to think that it is. I wish they just wouldn't have done it. I wish they would have done something completely different. I mean, the concept was cool, but it's a cartoon. Right. I'm yeah. looking at a cartoon. Uh, I, I wish they yeah, would have done no, something different think, with that. You know, uh, the thing is, is like you said, in no way does this movie, I, I don't ever think that this turns into, you know, it, do I think this movie is better than the first two? I don't. We'll get into that a little bit more. But, you know, in the terms of a three movie thing, is this X-Men The Last Stand compared to X1 and 2? No, like it's certainly <laughs> not. You know, is this for horror fans? Is this what people consider Scream 3 compared to 1 and 2 when it was just a trilogy? Like, no, like this movie never veers into like, well, they can't make a third movie that's good. Um, Just because I don't think this is as good as one and two uh, does not mean that I am not, you know, highly um, able to praise this movie. But to me, it is hard to have three straight movies that I would consider a five because I do consider one and two like on our rating scale fives or however you would rate a movie i I do consider them like top entertainment where i would say yes whatever your rating is this would get the highest score for me so if you're on an alphabet scale those two movies are an a if it's you know out of 10 it's a 10 out of 10 so uh it it, you know it kind of gets to the the ending too where i appreciate the ending but part of it feels a little far-fetched because it's like, God damn, how does he survive that part? Yeah, so, all right, let's just go ahead and get into that. Um, yeah, I, I it, hated it. Hated it because it feels weird that um, they can negotiate Winston's, com- yeah. him coming back in. When if you really look and we kind of talked about this last time, like who should who should you really be pissed at? The the guy who killed your boss or the person who paid right. the guy to kill your boss? Like. And at what point did you know, so when you look at there was a contract out on John that was taken mm-hmm. out by the guy he killed, like you can kind of understand it. Yes, he broke a rule, but was what he did really all that bad considering what right. he's actually capable of? 
Like, wouldn't it make more sense to you to make peace with this guy? Like he's shown that he can settle the terms. Like, listen, I just really want to be left alone. If you leave me alone, I go away and you never see me again. It's almost like taken. I will not find you. I will not look for you. I will not kill you. But if you mess with me, I'm going to do all these things. You're going to have a bad time. Because I know time. you've seen how like, many people have come it, after me. I've put down 300 people since this has happened. Like at least, like yeah, at least. You, you would think that maybe they would just go look. Um, yeah, we're we're done here. Okay, like yeah, they're calling in dinner reservations for the entire city of New York, yeah. practically with like, all the bodies are you, that are stacking. Like, okay. Up you have our word. We will not come after you. No, like nobody can, you know, like nobody can claim a marker on you. We will 100% let you out because you saw like, you know, it's not like he goes in and it doesn't seem like this is the word, but it's not like he goes and exposes the secret society when he's out. Like this guy, like truly just, he wanted to go get married, be in love and just be done. Um, so you would think, yeah, like they go, God, like this guy has just ransacked, you know, our, our, not, not only our major league, major league team, our farm team, like he's going through all the draft picks here. Let's let. Yeah, I mean, think about the resources in terms of manpower and money they've thrown at him that is now gone. Like they now have to replace all of these soldiers. They now have to replace all of this, all all of these assets and all of this weaponry. Like that's a lot of investment. You know, at what point do you you just go, listen, the juice is not worth the squeeze. Mm -hmm. Let him take his ball. No, I, I totally agree with that. And like, I understand Winston shooting him to give the illusion but at the same time, it's like, right. You How does he survive that fall? By the way, how does he survive that fall? And how did they allow that dog shit CG yeah, to, that was, to get on again, screen? That, that was weird because um, you're not used to seeing it. it. Because obviously you get the idea that Winston's like, it, it's not like Winston goes for a kill shot for God's sakes. So you can tell, but it's like, is Winston like, is his thought process well? I have to do this and dear God, hopefully he he survives this fall or they kill us both right here. If I don't shoot him. Um, but to me, like there's no way that Winston has the, like, I know a hundred percent John's going to survive this. It, it feels, it feels off. Um, it seems like there's ways to negotiate things in this world. It seemed like the, the, the adjudicator was, was willing to come to the table and, and try to peacefully negotiate something where everybody can kind of walk away and go back to business as usual. Um, I want to talk about the adjudicator for a second because no. we, we haven't mentioned her yet. Um, <laughs> I love, we've talked about this. I love this world. I love the, what they've built. So we we've seen like, you know, all of these different aspects of how this works. And, and, you know, we've seen like the, the girls with the 1950s kind of computers and they've got like the, the patch cables that are putting the phones in and, you know, and they're using the typewriters. Like there's your accounts payable department. (laughs) Yeah. So we, we know that they've got an accounts payable department. Apparently this adjudicator is their (laughs) auditor that just shows up and, and make sure that you're compliant with all of the all the regulations and policies. I would love to just see more of that. Like 
Do, does the high table have like an HR girl that goes around to everybody and helps them fill right. out for their new dental plan? Like, I want to see more of this world. I just think there's so much here that could be explored and, and just like, so much hey, fun. You only you have, have two more days that. to sign up for your benefits. Do you need help with that? Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, do, do they have somebody that goes around and makes everybody watch the annual <laughs> sexual harassment training video for, for compliance? You know, do they have OSHA people that just make sure that the workplace is safe? You know, like, I, I need to know more about this. I, I want to see more of that. I, I hope they explore that in a oh, spinoff. Man. Right. And, you know, who <laughs> just all of those things, like, wh- where do they order their supplies from? Who provides them? Like, who who provides who provides yeah, somebody does the that. chalk and the radio? <laughs> yeah, there's there's somebody you know that's like walking around right? with a supply order, you know, like hey, right. who needed the yellow highlighters? <laughs> right. Exactly. Somebody does that. It's like, oh hey, I got a I got a case of nine millimeter. Who's yeah, whose desk the was UPS this for? guy dropping off boxes going what's what's going on here? <laughs> um but no, yeah, I do exactly. I do like that character and just like the thought of, you know, some of that stuff is kind of funny to me. Uh, but Rob, one thing that I, I brought up last episode and now that you have watched this, um, it, it's, I can say this now, one of those spinoff shows, or it's not even a spinoff. Sh- I, I, there's a little bit of confusion on what it's going to be, at least on my end, because I keep hearing different things. Um, there's this one of the spinoffs is called Ballerina, which is going is a prequel to these th- uh, to these films, um, which Keanu Reeves will be in. So we're apparently getting, you know, more into that training program and things like that. But I I, I keep hearing different things about whether or not that will be a show or if that's an actual movie. You know, it'd be interesting because you you notice right away is that soloist is um, dancing by herself. You notice right away she's got the same back tattoo in the same location that he does. So initially I thought, OK, is that a sister or, or what? It, you know, who is that? But then you kind of see later that they all kind of have that same pattern. So it's it's obviously just like a mark of their society, particularly when he gets like burned in the back, you know, like, you mm-hmm. know, here's your ticket. It's punched like you can't unring this bell. Um so I think there's obviously we know there's a fourth chapter coming. Um, yeah, I, I don't really care who they focus on. Uh, give me more of this. Um, I'll watch all of it. I, I will probably try to see chapter four in theaters. Um, if they give us a show, if they give us a, a movie, if it's a prequel or if it's a spinoff that happens at the same time. Um, yeah, I don't care what they do. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll give me John wick 32. Yeah. I'll, I'll go you, watch that too. Ha- have you managed to watch the trailer? I know you finished this relatively, um, you know, late. Ha- have you watched the cha- uh, trailer for chapter four yet? I have not. And I want to yeah. say it comes out in March. Uh, March Am I right about year, that? Or yeah. is it May? So, um, okay. I, I mean, God, the way this year has been gone, um, been going, March is going to be here and John Wick four will be here. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you blink, it'll be Christmas blink again. Right. And we'll be talking it, about exactly. John Wick. 4. It's crazy how fast this year has gone by. Um, and with, I mean, not behind us cause there's still cases, but with things not seemingly delayed because of COVID anymore, 
it doesn't seem like this is a movie that would be delayed. Um, so it feels like it will be coming out, but you know, um, the reception to this was good. Like I said, um, you know, this came out at a time when Endgame was still dominating theaters. Uh, it was the first movie to dethrone Endgame. Um, originally, it was projected that it was only going to make around thirty million for its opening weekend, about thirty to thirty-five. Uh, ended up doing fifty-seven million on its on its opening weekend, so far exceeded expectations. Um, you know, and again, something that we talked about with each movie has done better than the last um, significantly with the box office results, which shows again, and it's, it feels good that it happens to a guy like Keanu Reeves. Cause all you hear about him is he's a great guy and certainly seems like that. Um, but we don't have to talk about ratings. Was there anything else that you specifically want to talk about with this, with this movie first? Man, that knife fight towards the beginning with oh. the eyeball thing. Whew, that is unsettling. Yeah. Unsettling. And uh, like, brutal, yeah. amazing. <laughs> it's, you know, the violence in these films is, yeah, is actually kind of beautiful at is, times. You know, this is where you can have, like, you can have violence. And, who knows maybe to somebody like the violence in this is just too much naturally and okay understandable um but to me like you know this is a, a series that shows that you can have violence but it doesn't have to be like oh i gotta turn away or things like that like you can watch it and in a way how you said like it's tasteful so to speak yeah, they they veer off a little bit when they uh, switch to the shotguns in the lobby of the of the yes. um, the Continental Hotel. You know, you do start to see some heads missing, some pieces, but it's not like it's not um, Kill Bill level gore. You know, it's not horror movie gore. It's right. like, well, yeah. that would happen. You're, you're <laughs> you know, like it... basically face to face firing a shotgun at somebody. Um, they're not going to go ow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like oh, ow, <laughs> you cheeky wanker. <laughs> right, exactly. Why did you do that? Hey, man, come on. Like, <laughs> hey, exactly. can't you see I'm so, walking here? Um. All right. Let's let's talk about our popcorn time review. Let's rate this. And again, we both rated the first and the second one a five bucket movie. John Wick Chapter 3, to me, I will go first, and I'll let you have the final thought on the rating portion. Uh, John Wick Chapter 3 is still a fantastic movie. I still really, really enjoyed it. Um, to me, this is a four-bucket movie compared to one and two. I, I can't take off anything more um, because I still feel that what it does well still is so top notch that the things that are a little bit more glaring because the first two don't seem to fall into those tropes are not enough to remove anything more. Um, but for me, this is, this is a four bucket, um, but still a, a really, really great entry. And one that I, you know, if I go back and watch these, it's not like I'm skipping this one. Absolutely. So, 
ranking this movie would actually prove to be a little bit of a challenge for me because as I was watching it, you know, you get at least halfway into the movie and in your mind, right. room, it's another five out of five, at least halfway into the movie. I've got that in my head. It's five out of five again. Wow. It's how do 15 we, out of 15. How do John we do Wick. that? Like, Go John Wick. Jesus almighty. Like, <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, there's a couple things that happen and a couple other things happen and you start to go, eh, it's probably still a five though. And then you get to the end and you go, wow, this was really good. And this is where, like I said, it gets tough to rank this movie because when you compare this, if you mm. just look at this film in a vacuum, it's still in, an incredibly high quality action movie. When you compare this to other films in its genre, not films within its series, but just other films in its genre, it's far superior to most of what else we see. But then when you start actually comparing it and, and it's partially because we just watched these in such close proximity, you know, one, two, and three altogether, it's hard not to make the comparison to the first two. Does it hold up to the first two? Well, yes, it holds up to the first two. Is it as good as the first two? No, no, it is not. And that's where it gets tricky. So uh, I, I don't think I can go okay. as low as four but I can't give it a five. So to me, this, this was like teetering four and a quarter, four and a half for me. Uh, I'm going to just say, you know what, on the basis that I think me wanting to give it a four and a quarter was just on the basis of ranking it against the other two entries, which isn't really fair to this movie as a whole. I'm going to say it's a four and a half buckets out of five for me. And, uh, and, and still feel like I would enjoy watching. Yeah. This movie you know, anytime it, it, it's it kind on. of funny because we sit here and, you know, we, we talked about this sort of with like MCU rankings and, you know, I'm giving it a four, you're giving it a four and a half. And like, you sound like you feel guilty giving it a four, like, like we're, we're saying it's bad exactly. and, and no way, shape or form are we do like, are we doing that? But like you said, when you, when you compare it to other movies of this genre, you know, is this taken three? No. Like, is this like, this is a dip from one and two, but is it the the difference between like taken one and taken three? No, absolutely. Um, like absolutely not for, for action movies. Um, but yeah, there's just some things that you weren't used to in this one that didn't happen in the first two, which, you know, a little unfortunate, but again, if you go through this movie and yeah, that's when I started watching this again, I went, how is this possible? Like, how am I going to sit here well, not how am I going to, but like, how did we get to a point where every one of these movies is a five out of five? Like, and then you just started to see those, you know, those little cracks. Um, but yeah, this is a fantastic entry. Like, this will be, for me, I'll, I'll be in the theater seeing John Wick 4. Like, I will probably do if, you know, in March, I'm sure the schedule won't change. Um, you know, this would be, Oh geez, I'm off Thursday night. I'm going to go to a seven o'clock showing uh, of, of John Wick Four. Like I will make it a point to go see this as early as I possibly can, um, and that's, you know, that's a huge credit to what this series has done. Because usually you you don't have that with action movies, particularly when you extend right. out to a fourth entry. You know, thinking about action films that have multiple entries in them. You know, you can think of some sequels. Certainly you can think of trilogies. Um, how many are you still excited on entry number four? 
I mean, I'm just thinking about action films here, uh, you know, just right off the top of my head, Terminator's got multiple entries in it. Um, they don't necessarily get better as you go. Um, aliens and predator both have multiple entries in them. Aliens versus predator somehow has multiple entries in it. You know, a uh, quick shameless plug, go check out a previous review that we did on this channel for the movie prey, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. And you should watch it. Um, but not all of the movies in that series get better as you go. Um, it's, it's kind of unique. I mean, think about the fast and furious franchise. There is a great amount of, of variety and quality in that series. Um, it's really something interesting that this, that this gets, I don't want to say it gets better, but it still maintains a high level of interest and, and excitement yeah, around mean, this like franchise. Like you said, like particularly think of like, action movies in this genre how many of them have three movies that are actually all very good quality not okay the first one's really good the second one sure still a you know a significant entry third one whatever like action movies like this that are this type of action movie i you just don't see this Yeah, I mean, not everybody loves all the diehard films, you know, and I'm thinking about like Lethal Weapon. I mean, I really enjoyed Lethal Weapon 4 because it's the first time we get to see Jet Li in the United States. Um, and I think there's some moments that are really funny, but, you know, not every right. single moment of all I, four Lethal Weapon I also have like a very special place um, for Lethal Weapon 4 because I actually think Lethal Weapon 4 has some pretty good heart to it, too, actually. There's there's. There's that scene at the oh, end absolutely. where Riggs is yeah. visiting his wife's grave, and I actually think that scene's very well done. Like it kind of catches you, out of, it catches you out of nowhere. Where very well just, done. Uh, Leo tells the story about the frog, and I was like, "Wait, how did you pull that? Like, like how did you pull that off?" And somebody <laughs> listening, if you've never seen it, like, how is the story of yeah. a frog like emotional or like have heart? Like, go watch Lethal Weapon Four. Like, like. Yeah, no. So yeah, I, I actually, regret yeah, it. I it's really, fun. really enjoy Lethal Weapon Four, actually. But yeah, they just you don't see. It. That's about the list oh. I can come up with, though. Like, how many other movies I mean, can you come up with that have gone this far which is, in this genre? You know, coming out with a fourth one, I don't think those movies have gotten better as they've gone on. And some people might say they, you know, well, they would have had to have been good because I know people that don't like those movies at all. Um, but, you know, you've got the Expendables. You've got those, like you said, franchises like Terminator. Jeez, um, when when was the Terminator movie good? And even when they went back and, you know, everybody said for, God, what was the last one? Terminator. Was it well, Genesis? Well, no, Genesis but, like, was the funny? one that they thought was going to completely reboot the franchise. Um, and then that absolutely bombed. And then they did Terminator. Oh, Dark Fate. And they bring back Linda Linda Hamilton, and everybody's like, "This is the one. This is it. This is what's going to happen." And people rated Dark Fate worse than Genesis, and people hate Genesis. Like, um, you know, so you've got things like Terminator that just it, it can't happen. You know, it just they can't seem to capture the magic of the first or the second. Um, so this is a rare feat, I feel like John Wick is a very rare thing where these movies are just all incredible quality. So yeah, absolutely. Rare and special, especially again, not just because they're good, 
but they're not just good as an action movie. There's interesting things throughout the entire thing. It's filmed well. And that was one thing I'll just, I'll say this really quick as we're wrapping up. Again, I think these movies, like the locations and the way that they're shot, even outside of the action, these are really good looking movies. Like these have great scores. They have great cinematography. Like these are shot incredibly well. Just real quick on that note, there's a, there's a moment, um, you know, they kind of kill the lights at the continental and they have sort of those green, uh, almost like lasers that are lighting anything. There's a moment where John walks out of the elevator and it's my favorite shot in the movie. It just, he emerges out of this blackness and it's just like, Oh, it just like you get chills and you just go, Oh my God, that was incredible. Um, yeah, the, uh, the, the cinematography throughout the series has been fantastic. The world building, I would also say it, it floats perfectly along the line of teasing you to ponder what the rest of this world looks like, how the, how this universe operates and, and giving you enough to think about without giving you too much, you know, it's, it doesn't tell you that the midichlorians right. are the source of the force. Like it doesn't give you all that. Just let it be mysterious. Let, let it, let us yeah. kind of yeah, have no, our minds ab- wander. Absolutely. Again, I, I, they give you like, they give you just enough where you can come up with fun little things on your own. Um, well, also making it seem believable in such an unreal situation. Like, Yes. And sticking true to its own rules too. Like it never violates the third movie doesn't no, violate a, any rules we learned all. in the first. And regardless of like what we talked about with like, well, you would think they would maybe just say, well, let's let bygones be bygones. They're still following, you know, even though we're like, why would you not just say we can let this one slide? And like, why wouldn't you be mad at the guy who put the contract on John Wick for doing what he asked? Um, because it's not like John was gonna come after him after the deed was done, like John did it so he could be done and get out. Um, So why not be mad at this guy for getting 300 of your employees killed? Um, Yeah, it still follows its own rules of this is how this world is supposed to work. It never, and in the three movies, it never MacGuffins anything that's talked about. Like it doesn't go, okay, well, remember how the first movie we said, this is how this exists? Well, we're hoping you forgot about that. Like, it just, it stays true through every single movie so far. Um, I see no reason why that would change in the fourth movie. But um, yeah, you know, all around, I still think this is a solid entry. So, you know, that'll do it for John Wick 3. Um, If you're listening to this, we did uh, the craziness of the season has started to get to us um so if you're listening to this episode now uh we are a little behind of of what our original schedule was um for the hellboy john wick and cloverfield reviews that we're gonna do um you know next up is is going to be cloverfield a series that i am incredibly fond of um so i'm going to be interested to to see rob's thoughts on these movies but yeah, Rob, that'll uh, go into a, a totally different genre now um, from from John Wick and Hellboy. So, 
Yeah, uh, completely different. And, and Cloverfield yeah. is different <laughs> genres within itself, too. Uh, I'm very excited to revisit the first film because I can't tell you that I've seen it in the last seven years or so. It's been a while. Um, and I, re- I remember having fond memories of it. And I remember enjoying it. So I'm really excited to uh, take another look at yeah, it. Yeah, uh, a uh, movie a little that more was pretty much hyped by viral media. Like that first, you know, we got one trailer for that movie, which debuted with the first Transformers film. Um, I remember being in the theater for Transformers and everybody going, what the hell was that? Like, what, what did we just see? And then never getting another trailer again. And just all these little, like, I don't know if Rob, you remember this and you know, this can be part of Cloverfield, but they had all of these websites that you could click, click and links and like slusho. Like, do you remember how deep the, the viral marketing was for that movie? Like you would go to websites and hear voicemails and recordings of like, what was us government officials talking about incidents? Like it was wild what they did to promote this movie and get people interested because it worked. Yeah. I, I think they had, I think there was like a a whole fad of doing that with certain films where that was kind of like a big thing. And for some reason, I feel like independence day Mm -hmm. for whatever reason had something else like that. I, there was there, but yeah, there was like the tie in website that, you know, nobody uses anymore. Um, I mean, it basically, it's more just like a, here's yep. a cast, you know, here's some behind the scenes stuff. Here's a trailer. Like that's about all you get anymore, I think. Um, but yeah, there yeah. was a period and, of time where that was like a really, really big deal. kind of, it, it helped like kick it back off with, with viral marketing and people being like, Oh, well, I wonder if it's this. And you know, the creature, like I remember seeing just hundreds of different designs of, well, we think this is what the creature looks like based on going to, this website and things like that. So uh, I'm super interested to go back, rewatch all three of these movies, um, you know, kind of talk about some of the behind the scenes stuff that's happened with them. Cause I, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff with this Cloverfield universe that, uh, you know, that's on the table to talk about, but uh, you know, Rob, before we, we get to Cloverfield, uh, let listeners know how they can, you know, not only check this episode out, but interact with the show and, uh, listen to other episodes that we've done. There is so much cool stuff coming down the pipe that uh, you should absolutely subscribe to Matt goes to the movies, wherever you get your podcasts, whatever app you are currently streaming this from, you should just go ahead and uh, hit that subscribe button and uh, rank the rate the show while you're at it. You know, five stars would be awesome, but yeah, just, you know, an honest ranking always helps leave a comment, leave some feedback. That's always appreciated. You can email the show at mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. Send along your thoughts on the John Wick series or any film that's been reviewed. Uh, There are hundreds of hours of podcasting goodness for you to listen to on the Matt Goes to the Movies podcasting network. So make sure you go up and down the channel, check out your favorites, and uh, maybe there's some films in there that you've always wanted to check out but aren't sure if it's worthwhile or not. Um, Go ahead and uh, just download those. Or if there's a real stink bomb that you're like, wow, that was brutal. I can't imagine why they would subject themselves to that. Those ones are actually the best, I think. So go check those out too. While you're at it, 
check out the show on social media. You can uh, find Matt Goes to the Movies on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well as and TikTok uh, and Reddit, I believe. Uh, there's also a Facebook group. You should go ahead and join the Matt Goes to the Movies Facebook group. That way, whenever the show is like massive, massive mainstream, you can tell all of your friends that you were there before it went mainstream. So uh, you can say you were there yeah, first. So thank do you that now. so much, listeners, for joining us for this and every other episode. Look forward to bringing you more at Matt Goes to the Movies, and we will see you very soon.